Thank you for tuning in to the Foundations Ministry Podcast. We are a sexual addiction ministry located in Fort Worth, Texas. To learn more about us, you can go to our website at www.foundationstexas.com. Hey there, welcome to Foundations Ministry Podcast. Appreciate you taking the time to sit down and listen. I'm Sam, the leader of Foundations Ministry here in Fort Worth, Texas. And today I'm going to be discussing what it is or when it is that I can begin to challenge my wife's issues. Now, right out of the gate, uh, this is an interesting question. And one I hear more often than I would have expected in most circumstances. For the simple reason that most men have done such horrendous harms... Uh, to their spouses especially, that it seems to be just a very naturally self-centered way of thinking it to ask even to even ask the question of when can I start addressing my wife's issues? Uh, and a lot of this, this comes out more often after a man has spent some time in this very feedback-rich environment having his own issues challenged by other men on a regular basis and he wants to take that attitude, that, that growth, that ability to say, hey, this is wrong and you need to stop, to his marriage. So when is it that a man can do that? Well, first, I want to establish that uh, my wife does have issues. Okay, th- this might seem really obvious, but it needs to be said. My wife has issues. I don't care if my wife is next to perfect. She has issues. Okay, so so ignoring the fact that she chose to stay with me all these years, ignoring the fact that uh, that she she in many cases did not set healthy boundaries with me uh, in any category, ignoring the fact that in many ways she uh, she engages in her own unhealthy dynamics to cope with my issues. Uh, And just ignoring all those aspects, or if those aspects simply aren't present, uh, my spouse is not perfect. Your spouse is not perfect. I think we can all agree with that. That's that's not a hard concept for us to sit down and go, yeah, my spouse isn't perfect. If you think your spouse is perfect, uh, you're lying and you're wrong. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, So we need to remember our spouses are not perfect from the get-go. So this question doesn't just apply to us when in the heat of our addiction, but it applies to the health of the relationship. When can I start to point out the wrong things I do to my spouse? Uh, No, I'm sorry, not the wrong things I do, the wrong things she does to me. And there are, are, my, my general impression is that there are two primary schools of thought to this approach, and one is far more popular than the other. Uh, so the first school of thought towards approaching when can I address the issues of my wife is essentially never. Because in a victim-based culture, in a victim-based value system, the person who has caused the most harm has no right to address any harm that the other party is committing. So if, if I came in and I shot you, Right? I don't have the right to, to complain about the fact that you came in a month later and stabbed me. And now that's a really extreme example, but at an emotional level, the equivalent of that is if I come in and I betray you, causing immense emotional pain and damage, or even physical harm to you, say I beat you, then I don't have any room to say anything wrong about you coming in and beating me in a lesser way. 
uh, just in terms of consequences, in terms of actions. I have no right to say that even if my behaviors have stopped, right? Because I cause such traumatic harm, my traumatic harm outweighs any harm you could cause, giving me no foundation upon which to address what it is that, uh, that you or my spouse is attempting to do. And this is really a common approach. It's common in recovery environments, and there's reasons for that. It's, a, it's an easy approach, to be fair. From a recovery perspective, encouraging, especially sex addicts, encouraging sex addicts to take a 100%, I'm only looking at my side of the street, and I ignore everything on anyone else's. Essentially, I don't even attempt to evaluate if someone else is doing something wrong. I simply focus on, have I done anything wrong, and what can I do to do it differently? All right, so that, that kind of 100% focus on that aspect is a whole lot easier to emphasize than the more discernment-heavy environment of, well, wait a second, they're doing something wrong, and I need to look at how to respond to their wrong behaviors. Uh, so so th there's, there's an appeal to it just from the sake, uh, just from the perspective of how easy it is, or easier and safer in many ways it is to address it. And that's the second part is the safety is when a man goes down this road of trying to address his spouse's wrongs, most of the time he falls into the trap that we were warned not to go into, which is uh, Jesus shared, deal with the log in your own eye before dealing with the speck in your brother's eye. So the concept of I'm trying to address something that I can't even see because I've got such huge issues in my own life. Now, if you think about it, this is interesting. There's a side note that we'll dig into a bit more later, but... When that, that scriptural reference, when Jesus, uh, Jesus is challenging them, hey, make sure that you deal with the big things in your own life, the big sin in your own life, the things that are getting in my way first, before I deal with the speck, the little issues I see in other people's lives. Notice the commandment isn't don't deal with the speck. The commandment is deal with the big issues in my life first. Okay, and so bear that in mind. So when we're talking about this, that's an important principle to take to heart. Because this school of thought often becomes so hyper-focused on the man taking ownership that when, you, when a man comes in who struggles with a very passive, uh, or is very passive in his relationship, by that I mean he's, there are different types of ways of attempting control. And the passive controller may do a lot of assent, saying yes, but not meaning it. He may do a lot of... Uh, he may do a lot of silence where it looks like he's agreeing, but he's either off in his own little world or he's just destroying you in his head. Uh, he, may, uh, he may pretend or even put out an image that he's trying to do the right thing, but on the other side, he's doing whatever the heck he likes. So not codependent, though it could be confused for that because he's not enabling anyone's addiction. He is instead choosing to passively uh, try and manage all these relationships to make people see what he hopes he wants them to see. So it's image control at a really extreme level. As opposed to, say, the more aggressive style of man, where he goes out and he's, he's more interested in forcing people to do what he wants, and he, he is more interested in him constructing the image than other people constructing it. And the more passive men, they'll gladly, gladly latch on to this 100% ownership aspect. Gladly. Where, okay, it's all me, it's all me, it's all me, everything is me, my wife is angry, it's my fault, my kids are angry, it's my fault, because uh, I've done all these terrible things, I brought in this addiction, I brought out all this destruction, ultimately I'm the cause of everything bad that's happening in my life, etc., etc., etc. And the reason that's appealing is because it goes right into the old pattern of passivity. 
I simply agree with people, I walk with it, and I don't develop this healthy set of boundaries where I can actually address things. So this question on the surface sounds like a very silly question because what right would the perpetrator ever have to address the issues of the victim? Or what scenario is that reasonable? Well, the only scenario it's reasonable is if the relationship is to grow. That's the only scenario this matters. If my wife is divorcing me, then there's no value to me going, I need to address her issues. Right? In the sense that I'm not, the relationship is ending. I'm not able to go forward anymore. But if the relationship is to continue, then it must eventually get to a place where I am capable of addressing my wife's issues. And I believe the right place to be learning these concepts is in recovery. But of course, we all know, uh, or any of us who have worked with addicts for any extended period of time, that addicts, we're, we're controlling manipulative buggers, and I want to blame my spouse. So when do I get to that place where I can actually start dealing with and looking at addressing my wife's issues, which is the big question that comes out. So there's some legitimacy to this question, isn't there? What appears illegitimate at first, actually when examined in detail, has some legitimacy. The man who asked this question is noticing something that's true, that my spouse has issues. And he's noticing something else, that he needs the ability to challenge those issues. Right? So those two things are very true. Just as the wife needs the ability to challenge her husband's issues, which is very important, the husband needs the ability to challenge her issues. Right? So understand this. Understand this, because that party of thought that says 100% focus on my side of the street, ignore everything else, often, in its extremes, goes away from even examining the faults and wrongs of other people. And that is a childish perspective. It's an immature perspective. It's immature because that's not reflecting what reality is. Other people have issues. Healthy people can see both the issues present and the good or the qualities, the characteristics that are valuable present. We can see the bad and the good and are able to reconcile and appreciate the good while desiring the bad to be changed. We can see both. That's the goal. That's a discernment. I can tell the difference between that was good and that was bad. And in that, then I can respond appropriately to those people. And so this question, when do I challenge my wife? Right? If it's not addressed, if I'm not willing in, in this walk as I work with men and whatnot to help them see the reality of their wife, then I'm liable to put them in a position where, as a husband, they, um, they, they, they stop evaluating anything on their wife's side, which produces, interestingly enough, some very, very unhealthy dynamics. You wouldn't think, it's, it, wives choose to respond differently. Uh, it depends on their personality, depends on their upbringing, depends on the level of damage they have acknowledged and or really felt the trauma of in their marriage. All these things affect how a spouse will choose to respond to these circumstances. And even that response may not be consistent. It could shift over time. But my spouse will choose a certain response type and... What can happen, and I've seen this happen, which is why I'm so against the idea of not addressing this at all. I've seen marriages where men go down the road of I'm just going to own everything and I'm not going to look at what it looks like to healthily communicate 
relational boundaries, healthily communicate, hey, if, if we want a relationship, then these are these are some things that we need to look at working on and stopping and growing in, et cetera, et cetera, where, where this idea of all my wife has to do is point out that I've done something wrong and the conversation is over. Right? And, and then I'm encouraged by my recovery group to just own my side of the street without any consideration for, yeah, where, where I went wrong was wrong. But I also need to talk about the fact that, that my wife went wrong as well. I, even as I share all this, I feel that intense caution within myself about, well, I'm victim blaming or something like that. And so that's not what's going on here. That's not the intent. The intent is to look at the truth. So when, when a man goes down that road and he doesn't ever challenge, and perhaps you've seen this dynamic before as well, when someone is exceedingly angry and someone come and, and the party they're angry with or have been hurt by comes along and they are contrite and they are owning everything and they're taking a blame for everything, there, there are two, two ways potentially to respond to that. There's more, but I'm going to hone in on these two. The first one is, is to go, all right, let's move forward. Let's grow in this. Which, by the way, takes a ton of effort, especially if I've been exceedingly angry with them for a very, very long time. See, the longer I'm angry at someone, the, uh, the more it just becomes part of who I am. This is why it's so unhealthy to stay close to a sex addict. Because all that trauma that regularly comes out starts to affect how I operate just on a normal basis. It's a bit like if I, if, I, uh, if I have a broken ankle and I walk on that ankle for years, then as it heals, one, it's going to heal bad. And two, as I go forward, I'm also going to develop a poor form of walking because I'll be compensating so often for that broken foot, which will likely cause damage in other areas. And I won't even eventually recognize that I'm walking strange because I've been doing it for so long. I've, I've twisted myself in order to accommodate this constant trauma and pain and difficulty in my life. And so as a spouse, if I stay with this super unhealthy party long term, I do develop those characteristics. And so when he comes in and he is apologetic and he's owning everything, but he refuses to provide any barrier upon which I am able to judge when I have gone too far with my anger, when I have gone too far with my vindictiveness, when I have gone too far with my pain, where it has exceeded the bounds of what actually happened and is now going into the category where anything that can be construed as negative is construed as negative. Right? When it goes beyond those bounds and there's no pushback whatsoever, then I'm left in a position where it actually gets worse. And, and, and I've seen this happen firsthand. It gets worse. And so, so as, as a husband, I'm encouraged in these type of groups just to, well, just keep owning it. She'll turn around eventually. Just keep owning it. She'll turn around eventually. And I go, no, no. These things that are happening, if they're unhealthy, need to be looked at, need to be owned. And I need to be talking with my wife about, hey, this dynamic here isn't going to work. Now, why would I do that? Why would I talk to her? Because I care about the relationship. I care about her. If I want a good relationship, I need to be willing to communicate with my wife, which brings out a very, very essential point when it comes to when do I challenge my wife's issues. And that first part is, is that it can't be about me. I'll say it again because I think it's easy to miss. When I challenge my wife or heck anyone's issues, it should not be about me. Ideally, it's about them. 
But a step before that might be because it's about us. So what we're gunning for is when I'm looking at, gee, I want to challenge my wife's issues. Is it because I'm angry? If it's because I'm angry, it's not a good idea to challenge her issues. Because who's that about? It's about me. Now, anger is just an emotion. So I might feel anger, but that should not be the motivation for challenging an issue. It certainly shouldn't be something I use to rile myself up so I'm willing to challenge an issue. That's an exceptionally unhealthy pattern. Don't engage in that. Anger is it's like, it's like a red light on the car dashboard. It just tells me that something could be wrong, but sometimes the sensor itself is what's wrong. Anger comes up too easily in too many areas. So not valid. The motivation needs to be, is this best for her? Right? What is the best thing here for her? It's, it's honestly, it's a foundation of love. I want to get to a place where if I'm looking to address an issue, I'm doing it because I love that person. Not because I want them to stop causing me difficulty. Because guess what? It's really hard to discern the difference between my wife doing something that is her processing her pain, which is legitimate. I'll say it again, totally legitimate. Her sharing with me what you did was tremendously painful, it was harmful, it caused great damage in my life. Doing it in an angry way, doing it through tears, doing it, communicating it at times where I go, where did that come from? Is legitimate. Legitimate. She has the right to process that pain. And I, as the perpetrator, have no right to tell her when or where that needs to stop. All right? She has the right to that. On the other side of it, how do I tell the difference when that has gone into the category of everything I do is now considered bad and there's no means to move past that? In other words, how do I, how do I discern when this has gone into the category not of processing pain, but of bitterness and resentment that is stubbornly being held on to because it's become a pattern. It's become a lifestyle. And any number of different dynamics that come out that maybe aren't even related to my addiction. Right? In the sense that there's no direct correlation between me sexually acting out and my wife choosing to interact this way. It needs to be from a selfless motive. Well, as an addict, how do I get to selflessness? Because everything about me is selfish. And yeah, I could paint a picture where I go, well, I'm challenging my wife's anger because... Uh, you know, it's not good for her to be angry like this, but that's not really what's going on. I'm expecting her to stop it because it causes me difficulty. And so how do I discern that? How do I figure that part out? We encourage around here feedback. And my experience has been that outside of really extreme circumstances where it's just very black and white, um, that, that, that there's an out-of-proportion response on my spouse's size, most of the time... In the beginning, guys don't need to worry about this at all because once again, they've got a log in their eye and they can't see clearly enough. And quite frankly, they can't share clearly enough, even in a feedback rich environment like ours, in order to actually discern what's real and what's not. This happens all the time. Guys come into groups and they just, they don't share kindly about their wives at all. She's doing this and she's doing that and she's going wrong here and she's angry with me about this and she's vindictive about this and it's, fascinating to me is as they get healthy how suddenly their wives are more reasonable their wives are they understand where they're coming from they they're willing to admit that well she she's seeing this and i get where she's coming from here 
because they're starting to deal with their issues that have prevented them from even seeing it. So in the, in the original state, there's no way for me as a sex addict to accurately see what's actually going on with my spouse. It's not possible. So the idea of trying to address my wife's issues is impossible because I'm shooting in the dark. I don't see it. Do you see it? Because I'm pretty confident if my issues are there or your issues are there, you don't either. So let's not mess with that. And addicts, we are, uh, for those of us that minister to them, recognize we are expert liars and we are looking to do a pattern of recruitment. I want to convince men and whoever I'm getting accountable with to join with me, to gang up with me. My wife is a problem. My wife is a bully. My wife is controlling. My wife is vindictive. My wife, blah, 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 blah. Holy cow. What always stands out to me is I'm only really hearing this guy's perspective on his spouse. You know what's great? It's really great when I have the opportunity to talk with the spouse as well. It changes the entire narrative. The entire narrative. Because then she comes in and goes, yeah, yeah, he did this that time. Oh, in that situation, he also did this. Oh, boy, he neglected to mention he punched the wall in that circumstance. He neglected to mention he punched through the door. He neglected to mention that he screamed or threatened to kill himself. He didn't mention any of those things, but he sure as heck was made sure to point out your response. Super helpful, super helpful because it gives clearer perspective. And it's not that the wife is always 100% accurate, but boy, hearing the other perspective, it sure opens the eyes to the fact that this husband is very willing to paint a picture that portrays his wife as unreasonable and wrong. And he needs you to sign up with him. Don't sign up with the addict against his wife, ever, ever. The goal always is restoration. Signing up with the addict against his wife will never achieve that. That doesn't mean she doesn't do wrong things, but the goal is if there's something wrong, it's harmful to her and the addict. I need to understand how that harms them and lovingly look at how to communicate the pathway or the reason or the boundary for why that's going to stop with that understanding. Say my wife slaps me, which is a more extreme example, right? I need to be able to communicate, honey, this isn't good. It's make, it causes me to not want to communicate with you. It gets in the way of my ability to effectively communicate with you. And violence is not a healthy aspect of a relationship. Right? So, so to be able to communicate when, when something is wrong on a standard that we both agree to, which in the case of a marriage is because we both want the marriage to succeed. If she's sticking around, she's already made that decision to a certain degree. So that becomes the foundation. The foundation becomes I'm dealing with my issues. And as my issues start to go away, as I get clearer and clearer vision, as my discernment increases, then I become more able to look at the different things that are coming from my spouse. My experience has been that men don't tend to get a very clear vision of anything until they've been doing this for about two years. Let's sink in for a moment. It takes about two years for a guy to be able to get even the most basic clarity of vision in regards to the reality of what his wife is choosing to do and where it is unhealthy and why it is unhealthy. That why is really important because the why isn't because it causes me to get angry. It isn't because it bothers me. That's not the why. That's self-centered. That's all about how things affect me, which is how I've always operated, not vowing. I need to operate on a level of what is truth. 
There's some rules I can look at applying once I get to this place. Once I have enough foundation, I've dealt with my issues, and this should be verifiable, by the way. I, I don't trust, I really don't. I don't trust any man who comes to me and says, I'm a self-made recovered addict. And I go, well, that's great, except for sex addicts are prolific liars. And if it can't be verified, why should I trust you? Now, if a man's willing to stick around and demonstrate it through accountability, then I'll start giving credibility to it. I don't have a problem with that. But otherwise, it's just not reliable. So I really want, if I can encourage this, this, this aspect of, of knowing that I've hit this level of foundation should be verifiable. And some considerations I would put out there is, if I'm looking at an issue and I am refusing to take any action, and my only action is that of the victim. I can't do anything, and I just need to suffer through my wife's issues. If that is my only action, then I have taken a self-centered approach. That is not love. There's nothing loving about approaching my wife from that perspective. Nothing. Because if I love someone, I will speak the truth to them for their benefit. There's no more loving action, and believe me, this is not always a popular stance. I've had people get really, really angry at me because I spoke the truth to them and they didn't want to hear it. And their stance was, you should stay shut up and not talk about it. But the loving stance is, if I see that this is causing pain, if I see that there's an issue, I will strive to speak the truth to them. But I've got to deal with my issues so I can even, uh, even reasonably uh, see the issues going on with my spouse. Very important. One rule I would consider looking at is, is an old saying, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Or vice versa, what's bad for the goose is bad for the gander. So this is important. When I'm looking at addressing issues, I'm looking at if this is bad for her, or if it's bad for me, it's also bad for her. So what do I mean by that? Well, on a relational level, if something is emotionally harming me, and I refuse to communicate and set boundaries and work through all that. Because maybe I'm 100% off. So I get feedback and everything, right? I don't have to assume that I'm right. My feelings don't define reality. Another important principle. But as a rule, if something is bad for me, if I've gone through that evaluation and it's clearly something that is harmful to me, then that harms her. Now, why is that true? Because we're in a relationship. Right? Because we're in a relationship, things that harm me affect her. Don't think I'm telling the truth? Okay. In a marriage, go out, break your leg, and see if your wife isn't affected. Of course she is. I threw out my back several months ago, and, and my spouse was massively affected by this. I'm, I'm bedridden, and she has to make sure all these other things are being taken care of. She's been busy with school these past few months, and I'm affected by that. Difficulty and trials we share together in our marriage. We can't help but share those things because we're in a partnership. So things that cause me harm also affect her. And in most cases, if she's the one causing harm, it's negatively affecting her desire for a good relationship. So that's an important aspect to bear in mind. So things that are causing damage to me, right, things like passive aggressive, uh, cutting remarks, things like that, they're causing damage to me, then that's also causing damage to us. And this is really important. Remember that both parties want the relationship to succeed. And if that hasn't been vocalized, vocalize it. Both parties want the relationship to succeed. 
There are cases where the wife is already looking at divorce, or she plans to, but otherwise, unless she directly communicates that she's not interested in pursuing the relationship, then I would go forward with the assumption both parties want the relationship to succeed. Now, neither they might disagree on what success looks like, and we might disagree on how we're going to get to that success. Right? Uh, many a spouse has an idealistic view of their early relationship because of the infatuation and whatnot. But the reality is, is both spouses want healthy relationships because that's just a human desire. That's just what we crave as people in general. So recognizing that we have a common goal, which means we are not enemies, we are allies. We are a team. My wife is not my enemy. Boy, if, if you're listening and you've got a spouse that you're struggling with, repeat that mantra as often as necessary. My wife is not my enemy. Say it one more time because this is so essential. My wife is not my enemy. Not. She is my ally. We both want health. And so all it is is we're working together to define that. So when we're having arguments about different things, uh, as a spouse one time came to me and said, well, you know, whenever we're out in public, my husband is looking around and I think he's looking at women. Now, this man had been consistent in recovery for a period of about a year and a half and, and uh, was being accountable for all the different temptations and stuff came his way. So I had a reasonable foundation to assume that he wasn't out there just babe watching. Now, it's possible he was, but I had a reasonable assumption he was. So I, I asked her, I said, well, well, just out of curiosity, right? If he was looking around, if not looking around, put him in a position where he wasn't able to operate safely, right? Because one of the options is he just stares at his shoelaces, right? Just stares down, looks at his shoelaces the entire time. If, if that's not an option, right? Or more importantly, is it okay with you, right? If he does something unsafe in order to accommodate your desire. Or in other words, if he looks, is the only solution to your concern that he stares at his shoelaces, is that the only way you will feel confident that he is not looking around at ladies? Right? And, and the whole point of that question is to bring out that in this dynamic, right, when I'm looking at it, it can be really easy to get caught up in the idea of me versus him or him versus her. And in that dynamic, I stop thinking of it in terms that we both want the same thing. And if, in this case, if this man wants a healthy marriage and she wants a healthy marriage, then what they're really looking at is, is okay, what do we do to address this concern? Because in this scenario, I mean, looking around, if she sees him lock eyes with an attractive woman and follow that woman down the hall, that's a different scenario than a man walking through a crowd, keeping his eyes open and not staring at his shoelaces. There are going to be ladies in that crowd. So where do we draw the line? If we both want a healthy relationship, we have to draw the line somewhere about how do we reconcile this? And it's not really an option for us to go, well, I just don't trust you, and so it doesn't matter what you do, I assume that you're doing something unhealthy. Well, yeah, that might, it might be valid to not trust, absolutely, but how is that rebuilt? Because it's not magically rebuilt. It takes effort. It takes choice. How do we move through that? And if we're on the same team as a husband when I'm having these types of conflicts, which likely we will, uh, then I can be looking at, well, what's the solution here? And I don't mean that in a challenging way. I mean a legitimate way. What's the legitimate solution to this problem? Because just as my feelings don't define reality, her feelings don't define reality either. 
Just because my wife feels like I was being harmful does not mean I was. And just because I feel she was being harmful doesn't mean she was. So even in those kind of conflicts, once again, we're seeking the truth. Because if we're both pursuing the truth, then we're working together. And as husbands, we have the opportunity to establish this reality and pursue it with everything we've got to the betterment of the marriage. But I've got to get a foundation. And I'm going to end on this. I need a foundation upon which I'm able to operate this way with my spouse. And in most of these cases where it's most challenging is with the passive man. The passive man has often put a lot of value into how other people respond to him. Where everyone needs to like me, people need to validate me, people need to build me up. And this is especially true of my spouse. I crave her constant affirmation. When, when she's happy, I'm happy. Now, people, addicts are all over the spectrum, but I am never going to be able to effectively love my spouse unless I get that love from somewhere that's stable. Unless I am not dependent on her response of love for me to offer mine. If I am looking for I give love and then she gives it back and then I give more and she gives more as if we're just like this kind of bouncing back and forth in a greater and greater and greater intensity, uh, that's not how this is going to work. There's one, there's been so much damage, so much damage because of my addiction. I'm going to have to basically take the stand outside of it and love regardless of my spouse's choice. And that only comes from an independence from them. I need to be independent of my spouse. And what I mean from that is I mean emotionally independent from my spouse. I need to be okay with her being her own person who has her own feelings, who deals with her own pain and her own issues. And I need to be able to recognize as much as I can through communication with her what's what are things that are just her issues versus what are things that I need to look at changing how I operate? And always with a cushion of love. Sometimes I'll change how I'm operating just because my spouse is bothered by it, not because it's wrong. Her being bothered doesn't make it wrong. She goes, well, I'm bothered when you're out in the crowd or we're at a restaurant and you look at the waiters. I go, well, boy, there's some things I can do to help with that. I could position myself where I'm not looking out into the crowd or I'm looking out a window or something like that. And I might do that not because every time I'm sitting there and I'm looking out there, uh, I'm actually looking at the female waiters. I may do that simply because I love this person. And if I can make it easier for them to grow in that trust, I want to, because they're my friend. And I care about my friend. And we're on the same side and we have the same goal. So you see, it doesn't have to be I'm doing something wrong, but when I have that foundation of love, it actually opens up choices like that. Without that foundation of love, the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is what's right and what's wrong. My rights. And boy, as an addict, I love asserting my rights. That foundation of love allows me to go beyond what are my rights and into I am stable. I am okay. I don't need to protect my rights I simply need to stay in alignment with truth. And truth is not defined by how my wife feels, because I don't care how wonderful your wife is. Being defined by another person and how they feel or what they think is a road to destruction every time. 
I need to be defined instead by something greater, grander, more stable, perfectly stable, that will always, always be consistent in my life. So from that pillar of reality, from that rock, I can go forward and interact with love with other people. And I think I know you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I am firmly established on him and his love for me. And from that love, I then go out and love my spouse, no longer dependent on her response, which means when she gets angry because she's processing her pain, when, when her issues come out because she has issues, no one's perfect, right? It doesn't mean they aren't harmful. It's just acknowledging the reality of it, right? When her issues come out or when my issues come out and interpret what she's doing as harmful, which is a huge factor, right? That's the log in my eye. Uh, when those things happen, I come back to that foundation of love and I go, it doesn't matter so much who's right and who's wrong. How am I going to love my spouse? And part of that involves being willing to talk to her about the issues that are causing harm to her, to me, to us. That's when I'm able to effectively talk about my wife's issues. And quite frankly, that's the best way to do it. Because when I communicate those truths with love, it removes the sting, it removes the vindictiveness, it removes the desire to dominate my spouse, and instead replaces it with the desire to serve her. And that should be our focus as husbands, that should be our focus within our marriage. It takes a lot of work to get there. It's an exceptionally, exceptionally difficult journey to get to that point, but once my value system starts shifting into Christ, man, there's no other way to live. There's no other way to live. Christ is the only way. From that foundation, I can do all this. Really amazing stuff. And I've seen it happen. I've seen men transformed. Uh, so this is an important topic. Important topic. And uh, I love seeing marriages heal. Appreciate you taking the time to, to listen as we talked about uh, you know when to challenge a wife. If you're in DFW area, you should uh, you should come to our meetings, get accountable, get current. Uh, if you're not around here, you should get involved. Uh, especially for those of you struggling with sexual addiction, we don't um, we sex addicts we we've demonstrated long term that we're not going to change on our own. So get involved. I don't learn by I don't learn to swim by dangling my feet in the water. I got to jump in the pool. So get in, get involved, get serious, and do it as quickly as possible. And uh, and I will talk with you later.